Hi, I'm Sharon Reed and this is Indisputable. Dr. Rashad Ritchie has the day off, he's earned it. And joining me today to share duties is the one and only TYT contributor, David Schuster. I've been waiting on you, David. Obviously, <laughs> I know all about your career. And so this oh, no. is gonna be, um, yes, it's gonna be a fun show. Um, so let's get right to it, shall we? Sharon, um, I'm thrilled to be on with you, let's do it. I appreciate it, David. Uh, let's start in San Francisco, where police there are requesting that they're robots now. Robots be allowed to use lethal force. So let's show you what we're talking about there. Um, I'm really calling this baby Terminator, uh, but it has serious life implications, if you will, because if they're allowed to use deadly force and the police say that this is the only way to go, the only route they have, um, they want approval from the city's board of supervisors to use these robots to well, basically shoot to kill. Kill criminals where the risk of loss of life is imminent and outweighs any other force option available to the San Francisco Police Department. Now here's what we've learned. San Francisco Board of Supervisors, Aaron Peskin, initially pushed back on the use of the language in the draft and said, look, robots shall not be used as a use of force against any person. And so what did the police do after that? Well, they said, well, we'll just remove that language from the draft. Doesn't really solve the problem. If you believe there is one. The three member rules committee, which Peskin chairs, then unanimously approved that draft, advanced it to the full board of supervisors for a vote on November 29th. Peskin excused his decision by claiming, quote, there could be scenarios where deployment of lethal force was the only option. Now in the draft, the purpose reads in part nationwide violent offenders outgun law enforcement and high powered weapons continue to be the weapon of choice for violent offenders confronting law enforcement and innocent civilians. During large critical incidents, active shooter or incidents where an armed suspect is threatening the public or officers where there may be a need to defeat body armor to be used to effectively control a scene with increased distance between officer and subject allowing more time to deploy other force options. Hmm. Now the police force currently maintains a dozen fully functional remote controlled robots, which are typically used for area inspections, bomb disposal. We've seen those scenarios go down. Well, San Francisco has never explicitly allowed for robots to take human lives. Lethal autonomous weapons or laws as they're called are increasingly common in modern warfare. David, <laughs> I don't know if robots can make us safer. And again, I believe these are baby terminators and they're gonna have serious life altering or maybe deadly consequences. What say you? Well, I mean, I get the intention and as you mentioned, yes, we've all seen in bomb situations where a robot comes and other, you know, shoots the bomb or detonates it and it's, you know, the worst that happens is the robot gets destroyed, but that's an inanimate object. When you're talking about human beings, I just get really uncomfortable with the idea that we're going to send some sort of robot, some sort of device to interact with somebody who might say be willing to put their hands up or might be willing to surrender depending on how they're spoken to. And and the problem that we always have with these situations, but I can you know, and look, I can still understand a situation where okay, yeah, somebody is in a barricaded building and they're firing and there's no hope and he's shooting a bunch of people. Sure, send in whatever you can send to try to put that person down. But that doesn't happen very often. And what always seems to happen in these situations is that there's a total lack of transparency. Mm. But what is the training? What are the protocols? And are there gonna be certain guardrails to make sure that if somebody is giving up or surrendering, that that is taken into account as opposed to a robot that just sees it's got a shot and opens fire? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, you know, I was I was talking to some of my friends earlier about this story, and somebody said, "Well, listen, you know, police make mistakes. Maybe robots will make less. Robots are colorblind." I think that you know, anytime human beings program robots, terminators, that bias creeps in. But what do you think about that? Well, there is something to it. I mean, a good analogy would be the the drones, right? The UAVs that our military pilots control say from California or Texas and they're flying around the Middle yeah. East and they see a target and they open fire. And if that target happens to be, I don't know, a school building instead of an arms depot, a lot of women and children get killed. And whose fault is that? Is it the drone's fault? Is it the military's fault? And so there's an institutional lack of responsibility. There's a disconnect. Um, but And I get the idea that sure, you wanna protect the lives of the people who might be in harm's way. But there has to be some accountability. There has to be somebody, there's gotta be a level of responsibility. If it's the person controlling the robot, controlling the drone, whatever the object is, that person still needs to be held accountable for the decisions that they make. And whoever programs the robot or decides what sort of situations will trigger the robot, there has to be some level of accountability. And that's where I'm so troubled by all this. It's not the robot per se that I'm so worried about. It's the person who is programming it, controlling it, because now they're at a distance from all this, and they have an opportunity to now say if something goes wrong, well, that wasn't me, that was the robot that shot yeah. the person who was surrendering. And it becomes much more difficult in sort of the chain of custody of responsibility to pin any blame or responsibility on an actual human being. And, and we need to have accountability in order to make sure that innocent people don't get killed. Yeah, and, and is the robot gonna be able to you know, send a message that, well, I felt threatened? You know, so I this is why I acted. The whole thing is really scary, and the fact that it got pushed through so easily to go up for a vote is very, very concerning. There is more. These autonomous offensive systems, such as UAVs, combat drones, combat drones have been used for years, but have always required a human in the loop. So that's kind of what you're talking about there to bear the responsibility of actually firing the weapons. But now the SFPD, the same department that regularly costs the city six figure settlements for its excessive use of force and actively opposes investigations into its affinity for baton based beatings. Well, wants to wield that same life and death power over San Francisco's civilians. It is a story that well needs a lot more of a deep dive, if you will. The United States is warning darker skin Americans that if they go to the DR, they run the risk of being detained and being misidentified as Haitian migrants and that they could be held in really horrible conditions. Here's more about what exactly is going on there in the Dominican Republic. Americans have reported being delayed, detained or subject to heightened questioning at ports of entry and in other meetings with immigration officers based on their skin tone. That's according to the US Embassy. The following day, the Dominican Republic's Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued a statement pushing back hard strongly rejecting what the American embassy had to say. Now that statement contradicts the excellent bilateral relationship that exists between the Dominican Republic and the United States in all spheres. Our country is the first trading partner of the United States in the Caribbean and the sixth in Latin America. That from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in the DR, Atlanta Blackstar came out with the story. The ministry says the Dominican Republic has advocated for change amid the humanitarian and political crisis, racking its western neighbor on the island of Hispaniola. 
the two nations share, but those problems also have created national security issues inside the DR. Now the ministry said the warning could have a negative impact on the Dominican Republic's tourism, leading to an economic decline. Ministry also pointed out that President Joe Biden's administration deported more than 20,000 migrants back to Haiti between February 2021 and February 2022. And also called out the US for being the center of allegations of xenophobic and racist treatment of migrants and even sectors of his own population. Quoting, no country has made a greater effort than the DR advocating for the international community to help Haiti. But we declare once again, with all the necessary vigor that there is not, nor can there ever be a Dominican solution to the Haitian odyssey. And so David, this story struck me because here you have the United States saying, well, you better be careful if you're a little bit dark. Because you could be in for it, you could face disproportionate treatment, if you will, mistaken because of your skin color. And I just find that as a black American so rich coming from the United States Embassy. What say you? Well, again, this is a case of the United States Embassy perhaps using a sledgehammer when something a little bit more precise was definitely in order here. There's no doubt there are tensions between Haiti and the Dominican Republic. And there's no doubt that the Dominican Republic has had to deal with Haitian migrants and doesn't like it. But that's very different from the US Embassy saying, well, wait a second, if you're a person of color, if you got dark skin, watch out about going to the Dominican Republic. Because right there and then, that's the United States essentially putting a stranglehold on the lifeblood of the Dominican Republic's tourism industry, which is a huge part of their economy. Economy. And that's the United States essentially, I think, stepping a little bit too far. I would be very curious, and I hope this comes out at the US State Department briefing. What is the embassy specifically talking about? You can't just issue a broad warning like this without providing some clear guidance and information. And if it turns out that the US embassy was being too broad, then it perhaps they're being somewhat racist and they are being xenophobic. And somebody at the embassy needs to be held to account and we need to apologize to the Dominican Republic. If there is some specific information that the embassy has, that's what they should be putting out. They should be putting out specific examples of people. But again, these broad statements from the US Embassy, it is rich and it's and it's ironic in so many ways. Yeah, it is. And and you know, as far as the details, it it kind of reads like somebody had said and you know, a friend told me people are reporting. I right. think we do need specifics here. You know, according to a tweet by officials, the Dominican Republic has deported more than a hundred thousand Haitian nationals this year. As more than 60,000 Haitians were expelled between August and October. So that's a lot. The US Embassy said there are reports that detainees are kept in overcrowded detention centers without the ability to challenge their detention and without access to food or restroom facilities, sometimes for days at a time before being released or deported to Haiti. Now, again, David, some of that sounds like, you know, US policy under fire, some of that reads like the allegations against, I don't know, us. Right, I mean, the allegation here, at least as far as I understand it from the US Embassy, the State Department as well, the Dominican Republic, they lump all dark skinned people together. The Dominican Republic is incapable of distinguishing between somebody who's from Haiti and somebody who just happens to have dark skin. Well, that's a very racist thing to say about the Dominican Republic. And the irony is, people could easily say that about the United States. We have racial profiling 
every day in the United States where police officers simply because of the color of your skin will pull you over because they suspect that you have committed a crime. So it's one of these cases of the United States living in a glass house, but now throwing stones at somebody else. We need to be pretty careful about that because the United States is just as guilty of doing what it is accusing the Dominican Republic of doing right now. Yeah, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Volker Turk said in a November 11th statement, unremitting armed violence, systemic human rights violations in Haiti do not currently allow for safe, dignified and sustainable return of Haitians to the country. I reiterate my call to all countries in the region, including the DR to halt the deportation of Haitians. I also call on the Dominican Republic authorities to step up efforts to prevent xenophobia, discrimination, and related forms of intolerance on national, racial, or ethnic origin or immigration status. It says unacceptable, irresponsible. I want to give you an example of what Haitian migrants are facing in the DR. This was posted November 20th. It's disturbing, a pregnant Haitian woman is about to give birth in the Dominican Republic. She went to the hospital. President ordered the doctors not to take care of the Haitian woman or Haitian women in general who are pregnant. She gave birth in front of the hospital. So listen, we're not saying that there's there's not you know horrific conditions in in parts of the world. Indeed, there are. To me, it's just the as you said, it's a lack of moral authority here or moral hierarchy here. It's the United States saying. Do as I say, not as maybe I've done, maybe I'm not exactly transparent about David. And that's exactly right, Sharon. I mean, because look, the United States, there are two different ways the United States could have handled it. It handled it in a very sort of rough, haphazard way. Or the United States could have said, look, just as we in the United States have struggled with our own institutional racism and the bigotry that exists in so many communities across the country, that racism and bigotry also exists in other parts of the world. And we just want to draw people's attention to the Dominican Republic with how they're treating people from Haiti. And so we just want to Put everybody on notice that just as we're struggling with some of these same issues, there's some of these same struggles in the Dominican Republic. That would have been a far more authoritative and credible way of bringing this issue up and getting into some of the nuances as opposed to this sort of like jackhammer, sledgehammer approach, which with the United States Embassy took to this. So again, sort of an unforced error by the United States diplomatic corps in the Dominican Republic. But I want you to stop it, David, or they're gonna steal you away to become the new spokesperson, maybe advise them as well on how to handle these situations. It's just incredible to me. And they don't usually like smell themselves until it's too late, until people start reacting to it. So we'll see if they have more details for us, if they'll be more transparent. This is Indisputable, I'm Sharon Reed, in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, David Schuster, co-hosting today, much more of the show to come. Welcome back, I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. This is Indisputable. David Schuster joins TYT contributor as co-host today. We do have to talk about the Georgia Senate runoff. Yes, it's that time again, it is in full swing. And it seems to be the talk of the country politically speaking. That is the Senate runoff in Georgia kind of a big deal. Sets the stage for the future of important policies in the next few years. So we are gonna be providing live coverage of the Georgia Senate runoff on Tuesday, December 6th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Will Georgia choose Raphael Warnock or Herschel Walker? You're gonna find out. 
the whole gang will be here, including Dr. Ritchie. Uh, you can watch on tyt.com live, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. You can also tune in on Samsung TV Plus, Roku, Zumo, Pluto TV, TCL, Fubo TV, and local now. So again, a big deal. Well, Senator Warnock get to stay in Washington and bring his dog Alvin. Well, not really his dog, it's on loan. Or will the running back um, carry himself into the Senate? I mean, I can barely say it without a chuckle, David. We do have viewer comments for you now though, uh, let's go <coughs> to those. Uh, Bill's Dragon Circles the Wagon says, off topic, but I thought I'd see a lot more maize and blue from David after Saturday. How hard were you yelling when Michigan scored on all those big plays? I should let you, there it is, okay. It's not only only the the mouse pad, but it's also the the cool, I mean, I have these year round. So I was going crazy, it was a great game. Uh, And to be fair, I thought Ohio State had Michigan on the ropes in the first half, but you know, Michigan persevered, so go blue. Go (laughs) blue, oh, the blue, you guys, wow. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's go to next TYT reporter. Why do they have to be able to kill? Why can't they shoot, well, a taser or a flashbang or even a net? Over the suspects. Oh, I like the net. Um, it's kind of Spider Man ish and nobody dies. Uh, so that might be good. Stop Dragon says US hiding behind its glass house throwing stones at the DR. On YouTube, um, let's see. Rose Rose gifted one indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie memberships. Appreciate it. Uh, Siberia Kovanik, thank you very much, fellow Army soldier. Uh, Dominican light skin told me not to go to the Dominican because I'm dark and they don't like Haitians after I said I wanted to go there. So there we have some details, a firsthand account uh, about San Francisco Police Department and those robots, uh, deadly force. Redeemed highlight my message, um, chipmunk <laughs> PDX, we already have issues. Um, With AI not being trained correctly for people of color, this will not end well. A lot of people feel that way. Agnostic sister, they will just send these robots out for protesters. Don't think they won't. And I think, David, you know, your thoughts on that, because it does seem like that's how they perhaps would handle situations of what they call civil unrest that perhaps aren't so unrestful, if you will. And that gets right to one of the points you were making earlier, and that is, okay, if they're really just gonna use these robots for situations where somebody is already engaged or about to engage in deadly force, it's one thing. But if they're gonna put these out on the streets where people are exercising the First Amendment freedoms, or if they're gonna have the robot bust down the door to carry out the warrant, and sometimes we've seen that police bust down the wrong door. I mean, those are situations that are intolerable, and it does lead to terrible Outcomes. There has got to be more responsibility, accountability. They have to spell out what exactly are the situations where they're going to use these robots and what situations will they not. And until they do that, I don't think anybody should trust this. Uh, certainly not. The assembly needs to kind of walk this back and don't give the police department everything they ask for, tread carefully. Um, one of the favorite parts of the show because it is the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> and they're starting them younger and younger. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life.
Boy, it's a short clip, but it felt like an eternity, David. I mean, can you imagine? You saw, even though it was a profile shot, you saw the guy in front of baby Karen there, entitled. Like we said, they start so early here, there's not many details which airline this is, what happened next. But just react to what you did see. Is this not one entitled baby? Well, I was having flashbacks because at one point or another, I had a daughter who was that age who yeah. was on some airplanes and would reach for the person's hair in front. Um, but you know, as a parent, you have a responsibility to make sure, okay, you apologize to the people in front, you grab your kid, you make sure that your child is using a nice language. Uh, if this child was saying anything uh, that was offensive, then that's that's on the parents, and, and then they're not going to get much sympathy. Otherwise, okay, kids will be kids, and flying with kids is not easy, and it's not easy to be sitting next to kids, and we all have to deal with it sometimes. Um, but you know, parents, um, be careful. Make sure your kids are respectful to the extent that you can teach them that. And certainly, if they start to misbehave, you better grab them. Yeah, well, you're and you're speaking directly to baby Karen's parents and all parents out there. I too had similar experiences. My daughter's now 11, and I still have to tell her, "Hey, can you stop kicking the seat in front of you? Okay, please stop that." But as I said, there's not much information here which airline, but you might be surprised to learn that people are actually criticizing that man in front for allowing baby Karen to get away with this unchecked. That guy. Um, is he just a tolerant, you know, former or a parent who doesn't have a toddler anymore? Or is he a guy who's the problem here? Because as you know, if you don't confront or speak truth to power to these Karens, and again, this is a baby Karen, but still, they'll just run amok, David. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with you're a passenger and some kids in your hair banging on your seat. You turn around and say, hi, um, let's <laughs> see if we can keep our hands to ourselves, okay? And then you look at the parents yeah. and see if they're on board and make sure they're on board and there's the problem solved. Um, I don't think it's a wise idea for people on a plane to sort of just take abusive behavior from anybody, no matter what their age, because I think that does reinforce some bad habits. Um, but again, for people who are taking these videos and everybody is entitled, you have your right to take these videos and film and maybe you should in these situations. But get more information, find, you know, if you're gonna put this out there, say what flight it was, what time it was, where it was going, <laughs> who it involved. Don't just put video out there because then you're just leaving everybody to just make assumptions that may be incorrect. Boy, it sounds like I'm back in journalism school. You want these yeah. citizen reporters <laughs> to really right. do more reporting here and give us the who, what, when, where, why as much as they can to kind of fill it out. Um, you do need training because we're gonna keep covering these Karens forever, David. They're not going anywhere, so we might as well um, cover their full body of work. Uh, how about a double dose? You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You have to feel free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. This is why we don't go to the Apple store. We're gonna call her flash mob, uh, Karen, particularly for the way she kind of, I, I thought, you know, she, this was gonna be an epic. Granted, um, <laughs> the language was not pleasant as she dropped the F-bomb repeatedly. But I really thought that there were gonna be 
People who came out and danced with her, maybe the Kardashians would show up something <laughs> to that effect. Instead, she was angry, I guess, because maybe the line was too long. Maybe the Black Friday sale was no longer going. What say you hear? <laughs> Just did she snap or is this part of a larger issue? And does she join the Karen All Star Club? I just sort of wonder, I mean, how mad can you be if you're in an <laughs> Apple store? Which means you probably think, okay, maybe I can afford to buy something and there's all this yeah. cool technology and there are all these people who are willing to help you. How mad can you be? And yeah, you go to an Apple store knowing you might have to wait in line for a little bit, but you're gonna get some great help. Their customer service is excellent. So somebody who is mad at an Apple store is really perplexing. And you'd figure at a certain point that people would realize there are video cameras everywhere. Every time you go out in public, if you know, just assume you're on camera and don't be a jerk. I mean, if you're mad, say, hey, I'm mad because I can't get some attention. But the moment you start throwing F-bombs, you're the person who's the jerk, not whatever person was ignoring you or causing you problems in the store. So everybody, you know, I, I just, I, maybe some people just shouldn't leave their house, I don't know. Yeah, she seemed to enjoy, I think she was looking for the cameras, David, actually. And I don't know if this shocked you, but I was curious because the people in the store, you know, you heard the one person comment, this is why I don't come to the Apple store. But most people kind of went about their business and didn't seem alarmed at all. They didn't run out of there. They just, are we becoming too used to this behavior? Uh, yeah. And isn't that the saddest thing about all of this? That we, I think we are becoming used to this. And it's just sort of like, oh yeah, this just sort of happens and people are freaking out and people have no shame now. And they're gonna use F-bombs around kids and children and in public. And yeah, that's just how it is. No, that's not how it should be. There was once a time, I think, where some of us would say, hey, you know, get out of the store if you're gonna use that kind of language. I don't want you here, I've got kids here, whatever it is. But now we all just sort of think, well, no, that's just how it is. And we just have to deal with it. And I just, maybe that's part of the problem here that we're enabling people to think that they can get away with this stuff with nothing more than maybe their reputation damaged if this is recorded and posted on social media. And that's, you know, there should be more. There should be a certain, there should be a responsibility in all of us to make sure that people are behaving the way they should behave in stores. It doesn't mean people have to be perfect. It doesn't mean you don't have to get angry, but there's a way to be angry and to sort of support your community as opposed to tearing it down. I wonder as time goes on, will there be an opportunity to turn the clock back? And do yeah. some of these people um, have opportunity for redemption here? Or once a Karen, you know, <laughs> always. Mm, that's a good one. Um, you know, I'm not sure because you know these videos. You know, once something goes on the internet, it's there literally forever. Um, I'd like to think that maybe. Somebody will start a business and saying, okay, you wanna clean up your reputation. You did mm. things in the past as we've all done things in our lives that sure. maybe we were embarrassed by, that we were ashamed by. Well, here's a way to sort of clean that up. And maybe part of the cleansing process is to account for your mistakes and say, yeah, I own it. I was that person who was in that store. I was off my rocker and I behaved inappropriately. And now I'm trying to teach other people, don't be like me. I mean, there's there's a silver lining to all of this if we're willing to sort of grasp it and see that there are lessons to be learned. It doesn't have to be just that, oh my God, this person flew off the handle or oh my God, look at this Karen. It can be, okay, maybe there's an opportunity for redemption. I just, I'm just not so optimistic about it. Yeah, me neither, but can we go back to, to baby Karen for just a moment? Because you <laughs> raised this and it kind of just made me feel a little, and I know this is probably not on this show to say this, but I felt a little sorry for baby Karen because I'm just a toddler acting out, no one's corrected me. And now this lives forever on the internet, David. Yeah, and it's not something that's gonna be seen years from now as cute. Oh, let's play this at this little girl's wedding when remember what you were like, you were <laughs> a terror as a three-year-old or two-year-old. I mean, it's 
it's just sort of one of these things where, I mean, all of us at times in our life, I'm sure, I, my parents will tell me stories, and I'm sure you share it as well, of times when we were in an ice cream store or something where I was just having a meltdown as a kid, it just was stamping my feet on the floor. Is that something you want to sort of live forever on the internet? I mean, thank God we didn't have video cameras back then when I was when I was a kid. Mm. Um, so, but it's a different time and it's a different age now. So I think as parents, now we have to be sort of more vigilant and even be even more on top of our kids and say, just for the simple reason of you don't want this to live forever, let's go have this meltdown outside the store. Yeah, we're outside the plane. Well, no way outside of the plane, but let's take that lavatory or do something. Parachute or out of there. But yeah, I agree. The parents should have protected baby Karen as well. And perhaps I might have had a, I I would probably be one of those people who take the videos and I would take your advice and I would certainly gather the information, the details, the facts. But I might not want to, might not have wanted to take the video of this this young child just right. maybe this time. Much more to come. We're right back. David Schuster joins us. This is indisputable. Dr. Rashad Ritchie has the day off. I'm Sharon Reed. We're right back. This is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie alongside David Schuster, TYT contributor extraordinaire. It is day eight and we need to go over that again because it's a very successful campaign for our eighth day of impact. We are supporting the Trevor Project, an organization that serves as a lifeline for vulnerable LGBTQ plus youth across the country. As conservative figures, media and politicians continue to attack and persecute the LGBTQ plus community, particularly those who are transgender. It's more important now than ever to make an impact for our fellow brothers and sisters. For every purchase made from our pride collection on shoptyt.com, $2 will be donated to the Trevor Project. So again, it's day eight. We're supporting the Trevor Project, an organization that does serve to be a lifeline for the vulnerable LGBTQ plus youth across the country. Make it count. As they are being attacked all across, really globally, the world, $2 goes to the Trevor Project. Shop tyt.com. Herschel Walker is at it again. This time, if you are of a certain age, he does not think that you really have a right to shape or impact policies and really the American way. Here's what Herschel Walker said. About people born after 1990, they really should have to earn their citizenship, he says. The GOP Georgia Senate candidate, Herschel Walker, said this during his latest round of interviews. He's called for people critical of America to leave the country. Um, well, let's let him say it best. Herschel, how do you feel about people that want to change America from when you and I were kids? I mean, I mean, there's, you know, we have, I guess it's 80 to 90 or 70 to 80 million people in America that were born after 1990. So these are kids who, you know, who grew up, you know, when they were 10 years of age with the with the real beginning of the computers and the Internet at home. So they don't know the world that we know pre-Internet. They don't know that the bullying was not really, we may have been bullied when we were kids, you know, in a class or teased and things like that, but not not the type of culture that these kids have with the internet today. What do you say to those kids and those young people that are voting? Well, first of all, they don't know that the grass is not green on the other side, that they think they're somewhere better. And if they know another place is better than the United States of America, 
My thing is, why don't you go there or tell me, let me know who that is, because I can tell them right now that's not. I think our biggest problem is we've not shown our kids that most of the people today hadn't earned the right to change America. And what I mean by that, there's people that have died or not given their life up. There's people that have given their life up for this flag. They've given their life up for this national anthem. They've given their life up for our freedom and this liberties that we have in this country today. And we're taking it for, for, for granted. Well, I don't want that to happen. And I'm saying, and I'm not being tough, I'm saying, if you know a place better, you go there, but you lose your citizenship here in the United States of America. And then when you come back, you got to come back legally, like we should be defending the border. So these are people in their 30s, um, correct me, David, if my math is off, who are you at age 30? He's saying that, listen, if you criticize, go, get out of here. What say you? Well, I mean, I, I was sort of with him. I didn't don't agree with him, but I could sort of respect his argument until the end. That sure, if you don't like this country, if you don't want to, you know, work to try to change it, then leave. But this idea that you leave and then you're no longer treated like an American citizen and you have to go through and renew your applications and citizenship—that's, I mean, that's that's where Herschel Walker gets really bizarre and goes bonkers. And that's why people don't take him seriously because there is some merit to the question that was asked about, hey, what do you do with an entire generation of people? People who grew up on the internet and don't know what it was like to solve things away from social media. How do you how do you deal? That's that's a valid question. But Herschel Walker sort of took that into well, you can't hate America, and if you hate America, leave, and you're not a citizen anymore. That's insane. That's stupid, and it doesn't sort of really answer the question. He could have said, well, look, you know, that's an issue. We got to figure out ways of recommunicating with each other, talking with each other, talking about things that happened in the past that worked, as well as the things in the past that didn't work. But instead of going there, Herschel Walker turns it into an us versus them, and that's dividing the American people, and that's I think that's a big problem. Yeah, every time I think he's gonna say something profound, and yes, I may be the one person that still thinks there is an opportunity for that. He, he goes too far, he wants to revoke people's papers. I'm not done with just people who are, and I don't know, what is that, generation what, David? Uh, is this what, the millennial generation? I mean, yeah, uh, and now generation Z, I mean, it's- Z, maybe, I guess is yeah. what he's talking about. Um, but he didn't stop with just young people. Uh, he had this for black and brown people. He wants them to have several seats on a plane or a train or a bus out of here too. But you know, if you love America, if you love America, you gotta fight for America. I told people this, and I want all the African Americans out there to hear, all the white America, all the Latino America, all America. If you don't like America, you can go to the country you like because we don't, we're not gonna hold you here. We're not gonna hold you, you can go somewhere else. Okay, he's not gonna detain you here, David, if you disagree um, with the American way of life. He won't hold you here, but he is urging you to get out now. Well, and I mean, what Herschel Walker doesn't understand, and perhaps a lot of Americans on the right don't understand, this isn't a binary choice. You can love what America's possibilities are. You can love what this country is supposed to stand for and still be detestable, still be, still hate America's past, the past of injustice and racism and slavery and people being treated poorly. We can hate all of that and still like what America's promise is supposed to be. But Herschel Walker doesn't seem to understand, and a lot of people on the right don't seem to understand that somehow criticizing 
recognizing America's racist past, its past of subjugating people who are minorities. Somehow that means you hate America. No, you love America because you're willing to point out its flaws and you're trying to fix them. And I would argue that maybe Herschel Walker should take that advice. If he's not willing to acknowledge America's past and the problems that we've had in the past and work to solve them, then maybe he should leave the country. He should go somewhere else. And oh, by the way, I don't remember him serving in the military or any one of these categories that qualifies him that he says qualifies you to be a great citizen. Well, he worked with the police, David. He did serve in that way, okay? And he has the badge to prove it, so he did at least do that. Um, he, Herschel Walker, he has a lot of things on his mind. Uh, this past weekend over Thanksgiving, he wished his mother a happy birthday too. But he had other things to say, and he didn't just attack people. Um, he seemed to attack four-legged friends as well. He says that Raphael Warnock's dog is a fake. Um, and it's all a big lie. And if he'll lie about that, because we all know Herschel Walker does not like liars. He does not like people who don't tell the truth. What else is he lying about? Let's roll that. We told them the smear ads were coming, and that's exactly what happened. You would think that Kelly Leffler might have something good to say about herself if she really wants to represent Georgia. Instead, she's trying to scare people by taking things I've said out of context from over 25 years of being a pastor. But I think Georgians will see her ads for what they are. Don't you? I'm Raphael Warnock and we approve this message. I just love Alvin. And I think Senator Warnock never looked better than when he's just enjoying a walk with the dog. So that's the ad from 2020, David. Um, he's repurposed that and rolled it out again for the runoff and here we are again. And that's what Herschel Walker was talking about that listen, it's not your dog. I don't think Raphael Warnock said it was, it belongs to one of his supporters. And he picked the right breed because beagles from what I've read, they love everyone. You don't have to know them a long time. They're gonna, their tail is gonna wag, they're gonna lick you in the face like it did Senator Warnock in that ad. But what do you think about Herschel Walker's tactics here? It, it, it makes some sense in sort of the grand scheme of things of, of politics. And that is most people distrust politicians and most people would look at an ad, even if you like Raphael Warnock and think, okay, maybe there's something that's not quite on the up and up. Is that really his dog? Is Raphael Warnock really speaking the truth? Because I think politicians lie all the time, I'm skeptical of them. So there's some advantage to trying to get at that. The problem that Herschel Walker and Republicans have is that Herschel Walker is the absolute <laughs> worst messenger for this. He has no credibility. If Herschel Walker wants to talk about you know liars or people who are being not very honest. I mean, everybody's gonna say, well, wait a second, what about Herschel Walker? So this is the wrong message from the wrong person at the wrong time. And, and so it just sort of flies over and again for people who follow politics, they're like, doesn't Herschel Walker understand if you're gonna attack Raphael Warnock and make it stick, it can't be something where Herschel Walker is even more vulnerable to that same issue. And you mentioned the timing and that may be the biggest key to this thing because it seems that Herschel Walker's caught in another lie this past week and it came out that he took the homestead exemption back in his Dallas area home where he owns I think it's a $3 million home. And so that's what people are barking about now. Herschel Walker has continued to claim his Tarrant County home as his primary residence. Now here's a man who's running for to be the next senator of the great state of Georgia. This potentially is breaking both Texas laws and some Georgia rules on establishing residency for the purpose of voting or running for office. That according to CNN. Though he registered to vote in Georgia last year, Tarrant County property and tax records show 
Walker claimed a homestead exemption on his four bedroom home in Westlake in 2021 and 2022. Texas homeowner regulations say residents can only take the exemption on a principal residence. So as I said, here we are again. And I, you know, as I was reading that, David, I was wondering if anybody in his campaign was even aware of any of this. You know, they sit down with you. There's that, there's that body man or woman who says, "Listen, tell me everything just between us, so we can figure this thing out." Yeah, I, I have a feeling he didn't tell anybody. And again, there's been one case that I've seen over the last, I'd say, decade in which somebody has been able to flaunt the rules and brag about it and get away with it. And that was Donald <laughs> Trump. I think it was in yeah. 2016, in which he said, "Yeah, of course I don't pay taxes because I know the system is rigged." And look at me, I'm so brilliant because I can rig the system. That's what I'm all. About. I know where the problems are. Well, that's kind of had a certain sort of effect on people said, yeah, Donald Trump's not playing by the rules, but I kind of like that about him. Well, it doesn't work with really anybody. I haven't seen it work with anybody else. It didn't work with Dr. Oz and his issues of having primary residence in New Jersey and running for Senate in Pennsylvania. I don't think it's gonna help Herschel Walker now. Even if he came out and said, yeah, of course I've got residence in Texas. That's how bright I am. Look, I'm, I'm gaming the system and I'm here to fix it. I suppose he could try that argument, it just it just wouldn't work. But he's, I don't even think, sophisticated enough to even try to make that case. So this is just you know one more thing at a time when the polls show him down by four or five points a week before the election. Yeah, since he is down by four to five points, as you said, David, it does seem like Senator Warnock is just gonna keep walking the dog, ride this thing out, let Alvin lead him. And let Herschel Walker's words just kind of speak for themselves. There's no need to interpret, listen. You ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping it's gonna get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people. What the hell is he talking about? Is he serious? Is he for real? But I'm gonna tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know what that? What is he talking I about? That, so I don't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. Oh my gosh. He's talking about vampires and werewolves right now. Yeah, y'all serious about this, right? So I've been telling this little story about this bull out in the field. What? This cow. Earth. And three of them are pregnant. There's no substance. There's nothing. So you know you got something going on. It makes me want to laugh. And then it makes me think we're in trouble. But all he cared about is kept his nose against the fence, looking at three other cows that had been blown to him. Now all he had to do is eat grass. This video is ridiculous. That's 35 seconds of my life I'll never get back. Why would I want someone like that leading the state of Georgia? I was good at it, decided to float over to China, bad air. Unbelievable. So when China gets out good air, their bad air gotta move. It's all the same air. Not only does it make no sense, I don't even understand what he thinks he's saying. So it moves over to our good air space. <laughs> and now we gotta clean that back up. I sit and watch these on Twitter and I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like literally, what is he talking about? He's completely unqualified for this really, really serious job. No one's watching this and being like, oh man, that guy's got it together. And sometimes like I read through the comments because I'm like, is anybody actually understanding or are we just sitting here wasting time? It is embarrassing, let's call it what it is. It is embarrassing. They just care about getting a yes man, somebody that had just punched the button. I think it's a risk to me and millions of Georgians to put this man in a position of power. Let's call it what it is, this is embarrassing as hell. At all, I mean, well, you know,
Okay, now she's my favorite at the end. She can't take it, she's gotta get up and leave. But I, I found myself wondering, David, do you think, because we all have seen these focus groups where they pay someone a little bit of money, say, come on in, we just want you to react to the ad, tell us what you think. And maybe I'm thinking, hey, you want, this is your ad and you just maybe wanna fine tune it. The beauty though of this one to me is that they're all different races, ages, sexes, and they all have these similar reactions from humor to disgust to bewilderment. Sharon, that's 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 exactly right. And you, you just sort of nailed it because I think when a lot of us, when you know people, voters react to something, sometimes the first thing that goes through their mind is, is this just me? Am I the only one who finds this really creepy or weird or strange? And when you hear other people, whether it's social media or whatnot, who reaffirm, no, no, this is pretty bizarre, it empowers you to then sort of act on it. And so what's so brilliant about this Raphael Warnock piece, this video, is he's empowering people of all different races, nationalities, genders. To say, yeah, this is inappropriate in a Senate candidate. We don't want this kind of crazy stuff. And by the way, I mean, what's so brilliant here is Raphael Warnock. I mean, if he wins, the Democrats then get an advantage in all the Senate committees. It's no longer an even split. They will get subpoena power. They'll have the ability to move legislation faster. So there are real world consequences if Raphael Warnock wins and Herschel Walker loses. And so for Democrats, there's reasons to be energized. And there's also reasons to act by voting against Herschel Walker if you feel disturbed by some of the stuff that he has said. Yeah, and just you know, let's stick with this just for one more moment because it does seem to me there there's some criticism out there that listen, this has gone too far. Okay, they're starting to feel sorry for Herschel Walker, but this you know I live in Georgia and there's an appreciation here for an all shucks attitude and plain spokenness. There really is. Herschel Walker is on an island. He really is. Yeah, and it's it's an island where he's not he's not helping himself, right? Because the bridge from that island to sort of the the mainland or whatever sort of analogy you want to be would be with Herschel Walker if he came out and said, you know, I'm going to ramble on a little bit, and maybe this story is not going to make a lot of sense to you. But here's why I'm I mean, put it in some context. At least telegraph to people I'm about to do something that may not be your style of speaking, but give me a second because there's a point to what I'm about to say. But he doesn't do that, he just immediately shifts from first gear to fifth gear. And you can hear everything sort of grinding along the way and the car is shaking around and everybody's like, "Oh no, buckle your seatbelt, where's he going this time? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he, he's on an island and, he's, and he just keeps digging his hole even deeper. And it's too bad that the Republicans, I mean, look, somebody should be saying to him, hey, if you're gonna go on these tangents, here's how you gotta set it. There should be somebody who cares enough about and respects Herschel Walker enough to try to help him. But it seems like he's not getting any help. Yeah, and I'm not, you're the football guy. You know, I covered football a little bit, but didn't they use a shot clock or something to kind of just tell, you have 10 seconds to make a point or just ramble, and then you gotta get out of there. But but clearly, he's not someone who's gonna take too much direction. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, even, like, even his football background, he had 10 other players who were blocking or guiding the way or that saying, part. okay, this, this plays to the right or this plays to the left. And so there was some direction, and then sure, he would improvise and use his talent and skills. But he wouldn't improvise right from the start. And I think that's what's been missing from a lot of Republicans who were maybe hopeful for Herschel Walker. I think there are a lot of Republicans who putting aside their sort of policies and I disagree with them. But I think from a pure political perspective, I think people thought the Walker campaign would be better than this. And the fact that it's been as miserable, I think gets to the state of the Republican Party overall. Certainly seems to lack discipline.
That's a new one right there. I do not condone violence, ladies and gentlemen. But I gotta tell you, I'm from Glenwood Road. I've seen a lot of street fights. I have never seen that before. Now, one young lady comes to the fight with a bat, okay? May not have been a wise decision. And if you come bold enough, with a bat and you try to hit somebody with said bat. And for some reason, you plus the bat are no match for the person in front of you. There will be a consequence and repercussion. Now, as I said before, I do not condone violence here whatsoever. Um, but that ass whooping was so, hmm, I don't know, ironic that even this guy had a response. Okay, uh, I thought it was interesting because she seemed to be kind of in control, but not Jackson. Uh, when the white male approached, she said, hey, you know what, I'm okay, I got this and uh, proceeded. Now, I'm gonna ask you, all right, have you seen a move like that before at the end of a physical combat before? Uh, no, I haven't seen the sequence exactly like that. I've yeah. seen a lot of fights. I'm, I've been in a number of fights. And yeah, no, not, nothing quite like that. But I have seen people who have empty threats. And the call, you know, because when people, she wasn't really ready to use that bat for real. You know what I mean? Like she came with the bat and she thought that that was going to like make the other woman back down. Because if you have a bat and you hit somebody anywhere reasonable, they really shouldn't be able to do anything. Um, but, you know, so again, like you said, the, no violence is condoned, but you come swinging a bat at somebody and they end up beating you up pretty bad. I mean, were you going to do any less? You had a bat. If you hit them in the head, they could die. So, I mean, what? Yeah. I don't feel sorry for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta be honest, man. I started feeling sorry for the lady at the end. I, <laughs> I didn't think, I did not think I would, but damn. Yeah. I mean, man, yeah. just say it, 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 you got your butt whooped, just say it. Quick yeah, just, just say it. Again, she had the bat though. So it was like, I mean, if it was the other way around, that would have been cool though, you know? So that's the thing. And keep in mind, the victor did not grab the bat at any point and try to do to her what the other person wanted to do. All right, just keep that in mind.
But I guess he's still the head Republican. We have to look at it that way down in Mar-a-Lago. The former president dining with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, a white nationalist and seeming to enjoy himself. There are reports coming out of Mar-a-Lago about that dinner, if you will. Here's what we're learning right now. Donald Trump dined and conversed, as we said, this was Tuesday night. And here is the transcript. Uh, quoting, I think the thing that Trump was most perturbed about, me asking him, this is Kanye, to be my vice president, Wes says in a video. I think that was like lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. I came to him as someone who loves Trump and I said, go and get Corey Lewandowski back. Go and get these people and media tried to cancel and told you to step away from. Wes said as the video included images of Roger Stone, Karen Giorno and Alex Jones, remember him? When Trump started basically screaming at me, Kanye goes on to say at the table telling me I was going to lose. I mean, has that ever worked for anyone in history? West also said, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Trump, you're talking to yay. Why, when you had the chance, did you not free the January Sixers, okay? <laughs> wow. So uh, now the content of Trump's conversation with Nick Fuentes. Again, the white nationalist, a source familiar with the dinner conversation, told Axios that Trump seemed very taken with Fuentes. Impressed that the 24-year-old was able to rattle off statistics, recall speeches dating back to his 2016 campaign. Paraphrasing the conversation, the source said Fuentes told the president he preferred him to be authentic. And that Trump seems scripted and unlike himself during his recent 2024 campaign announcement speech. Trump responded, you like it better when I just speak off the cuff? The source said, Fuentes replied that he did, calling Trump an amazing president when he was unrestrained. There was a lot of fawning back and forth, the source added. Fuentes told Trump he represented a side of Trump's base that was disappointed with his newly cautious approach, especially with what some far right activists view as a lack of support for those charged in the January 6th Capitol attack. Trump did not disagree with Fuentes, but said he has advisors who want him to read off teleprompters and be more <coughs> presidential. Notably, Trump referred to himself as a politician, which he has been loath to do in the past. Fuentes also told Trump that he would crush potential 2024 Republican rivals in a primary, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Trump also asked for Fuentes' opinion on other candidates as well. Trump at one point turned to Ye and said, I really like this guy, he gets me, according to the source. Um, David. It's still that easy, isn't it, to just fawn over this guy and quote him a little bit, which isn't very hard. The right, his ego, people, and, yeah. yeah, his ego and his narcissism have no bounds. And look, I mean, fine. You want to have a conversation with Donald Trump about whether he should be on prompter or off prompter, whether he should use more of his charisma or less, whether he should be presidential or less, or, or how he should be do his speeches. That's fine. But to have that conversation with somebody who has denied the Holocaust, who was a white nationalist, to have that conversation with Kanye with all the hatred he's been trafficking in over the last several months. I mean, that's where Trump doesn't get it. I mean, he can have these political conversations and maybe they're valid political conversations to have. But when you are a president of the United States or a former president of the United States, 
things. You elevate the people you bring in and have dinner with. You elevate their causes and what they stand for. And that's what Donald Trump doesn't seem to get. And the Republican Party doesn't seem to get it either because there have been some Republicans, Chris Christie, New Jersey, and a few others who are speaking out. But for the most part, Republican Party is just looking away. It's like they want somebody else to take care of Trump so they don't have to. Well, that's a very politically expedient way of doing things. It's not very courageous. And I think that's why the Republican Party is in such trouble, why they did so badly in the midterms. At a certain point, the Republican Party has to decide, are we the party of Donald Trump or are we not the party of Donald Trump? Because, But until they decide that, they're gonna remain in some trouble. Yeah, they are. And now this might not shock you, David. Um, let's throw up the, uh, the Trump social media post where he talks about, he was just going to dinner. All he did was accept a dinner invitation with an old friend. And he says, so I help a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black. Yay, Kanye West, who has been decimated in his business and virtually everything else. And who has always been good to me by allowing his request for a meeting at Mar-a-Lago alone so that I can give him very much needed advice. He shows up with three people, two of which I didn't know, the other a political person who I haven't seen in years. I told him, don't run for office, a total waste of time, can't win, fake news, went crazy. <laughs> who are we to believe here? We, we weren't at the meeting, David, okay? Donald Trump says, and I think we've heard this before from him that I don't know, that I didn't know who these people, was it the Proud Boys? He doesn't know these people. He's just accepting as a former president uh, invitations to dinner at his private club with anyone apparently. Well, it's it's a problem either way, right? Because if he if he did know who these people are, um, then he's lying, of course, uh, and that's not very nice. That's not very good. If he didn't know who Nick Fuentes was, then he Trump doesn't have anybody around him who's sort of running interference or traffic control. And that's a big problem if you're a presidential candidate and you're trying to run again for president of the United States. But it gets to the lack of discipline. Donald Trump just likes to do things based on how he's feeling. And you can't do that at this level of presidential politics when you're running the United States. You can't just go by pure emotion or gut instinct. You need a lot of people around you to be successful. And Donald Trump seems to have shut himself off from everybody except for the psychophants, the people who want to lick his shoes. And that's where the Republican Party wants to go in the future. I mean, somebody from the Republican Party is gonna to have to step up and say, enough of this nonsense. And it's gotta be somebody from the Trump base of the party, either a Ted Cruz or a Marco Rubio. Somebody has to come up and say, enough already. Well, we'll see what happens. He seemed to have discipline, you know, as the white nationalist said. Um, in reading off the teleprompter for his 2024 announcement, but at the end of the day, um, here he is again. They get, they walk right in the front door. Uh, you know, the guy who Adidas even kicked out and said, "Take your billion dollars with you." They walk right through the front door of Mar-a-Lago and they sit down and have dinner with him. So there we go. Much more show to come. This is indisputable. Dr. Rashad Ritchie has the day off. I'm Sharon Reed alongside David Schuster. We're right back. Welcome back, this is Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. He has a much earned day off. I'm Sharon Reed alongside David Schuster co-hosting today. Don't forget the watch list. It is an extraordinary program daily right here on TYT with JR Jackson. Live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Unbossed with Nina Turner, another great show added to the lineup. Tune in and subscribe to Unbossed with Nina Turner at 4 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Pacific, 
youtube.com slash unboss T-Y-T. Let's get to some more of your comments. TYT members, Lynn says, hey folks, make sure you disinfect your food trays on the plane. I always do that, I always <laughs> do that, I sure do. I bring a whole package of those wipes, those disinfectant wipes. And I even give some if I have extra to the person next to me because you want everybody to be clean. Mo Fury says, much like racism, Karenism is a learned behavior. Right on Mo, got that right. Let's see here, circles the wagons. I thought that second Karen was doing an interpretive dance. And David, I did too. And it was the it was the last part so free, so expressive where she threw her hands up. And I thought it was a different kind of rap song, needed some work. But at yeah, the end of no, the day, I mean, look, if, if she didn't throw around the F-bombs and the other bad language, yeah, have <laughs> at it, dance to your heart's content. Let's give you a couple more viewer comments. Um, hmm. Those born after the 80s should step up and determine their futures. We old farts need to support them, but their futures should be up to them, not us. It is the American way, Mickey C there. Uh, I am sock. Herschel Walker also has a fake, <laughs> a fake dog catcher badge. I people don't want to let it go, David, because he was so clear in that debate. I don't think he was, you know, being funny. It wasn't a punchline when he held up that badge. He really does believe that he's sworn to, you know, serve and protect. And that's, I mean, that's really scary. I mean, you know, he could have held it up and said, look, I just somebody just gave me this badge, and you know, isn't it sort of nice? But it makes a larger point. No. He's all in. I mean, you yeah. wonder if Herschel Walker sees somebody walking across the street, he's gonna run over and tackle that person and say, you're under arrest, breaking the law. Yeah. Um, you know. It's a problem. Uh, Karen, um, oh, you see that Freudian slip there? Um, Locks Demphia, mommy Karen, come and get your Karen in training. I wish she would. And then uh, Flaw Dragon says, Skechers didn't even let Ye in the building. You telling me Trump didn't see. The issue apparently didn't. Okay, we can only go by the statement up on, on social media. Let's turn to um, a famed designer, Balenciaga, under fire. Their ad campaign featuring BDSM and children, as if those two things go together. A major fashion house is presenting this ad: uh, teddy bears dressed in bondage with a toddler. Now I don't understand it. But a lot of people are asking questions and a lot of people are demanding answers of celebrities too. I thought people were trolling, but nope, it's real. Maybe this is why Balenciaga left Twitter. They don't want to be held accountable. Yes, these are children holding teddy bears dressed in bondage outfits. Now this photo shoot was part of Balenciaga's campaign to promote their new objects range. In addition to these images, Balenciaga also had a photo of One of their handbags, a collab with Adidas sitting on top of court documents regarding virtual child porn. Okay, you see it right there. It, it, what do you say? Okay, one page mostly covered by the bag contains text of the Supreme Court case, United States versus Williams, a SCOTUS case concerning the distribution of child porn. David. The fashion house is now reacting, distancing themselves, has filed a $25 million lawsuit against the producers, the people behind this ad campaign. How are we to excuse them and how can they get away with this? 
Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, and anybody who knows how advertising works, there was a certain, at some point, there was a meeting between somebody from Balenciaga and this advertising agency, and they talked about concepts. And at a certain point, the concept was made into an ad, and somebody at Balenciaga had to have signed off on it. If somebody did not sign off on that, then okay, Balenciaga has a case, but that's not the real world of how these things tend to work. And so Balenciaga's got a huge, a huge crisis communications problem on their hands right now. Never mind the lawsuit. They should be taking their own steps to get to the bottom of this, to fire the people who are involved in this particular account. They should be making amends. They should be donating money to the groups that help victims of child abuse and child pornography. They can't just file a lawsuit and say, "Oh, we didn't know about this," because someone there did know about it, and the the advertising firm, I want to know which advertising firm was involved in this production too, because they should be banned from ever producing ads again. Anybody who thinks that child pornography is worth sort of helping to promote or sell your goods, that is insane. If you want to be involved in BDSM or all that other stuff on your own time and leather and straps and all the other kind, go for it. But there's no need, there's no reason to include the rest of us, and certainly there's no excuse for including children in that message. Well said, and I want to double down on the lawsuit, David, because they are very specific and why they say Balenciaga, they are suing. The Fashion House brought the suit Friday against production company North Six Inc. Okay, so there's that. And set designer Nicholas Desjardins and his company for the inclusion in one of the ads of legal documents from a US Supreme Court decision on child porn laws. And that's from the New York Post, Balenciaga claims North Six. And Dej Jardins included the images of the court documents without its knowledge. And they say that was, you know, at the very least, extraordinary, reckless that the filing goes on to say. But what they don't mention are those bears dressed in right. bondage, David. So again, they seem desperate to get out of this, but they. You've taken us through the steps, the process of how this thing works. There's no getting around it. That is absolutely how an ad goes to press, particularly for one of the most famed fashion houses in the world. So how do they escape this? Yeah, I don't know. And you raised, I mean, the key point here in all this is, you know, to me, even like the Supreme Court opinion, a document that was put in this, to me, that's not even as offensive. And it is offensive in terms of what it means. But the image of children with teddy bears and BDSM, that's to me, what, who could possibly think that that was appropriate or that was something that the fashion house should be involved in? They're not addressing that. Somebody needs to take responsibility for that aspect, even if they claim that they were hoodwinked on the document that was put in their ad, so be it. But this was this is a disaster, and you know Balenciaga they're gonna they're gonna pay some consequences as a result because I think so many people who are sickened by this are gonna say we're never gonna buy anything from this company again. Yeah, and and you know I think a lot of people are are beyond or not inviting any more of cancel culture, but there are certain things that perhaps do need to be canceled. And using children in this way and putting out ads about child porn, which clearly the intention was there. Perhaps this is the time, if any time. The Fashion House is apologizing. And they said, this is after the criticism, of course. Allegations of normalizing sexual fetishization and abuse of children. Balenciaga eventually pulled the ads and issued this statement. So here it is, we sincerely apologize for any offense, our holiday campaign may have caused our plush bear bag should not have been featured with children in this campaign. 
We have immediately removed the campaign from all platforms. We apologize, goes on to say, for displaying unsettling documents in our campaign. We take this matter very seriously and are taking legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items for our spring 23 campaign photo shoot. We strongly condemn abuse of children in any form. We stand for children's safety and well being. Um, for any offense it may have caused, David, it doesn't go far enough. And what could you say, okay? I mean, it does sound like that's a conditional apology. If you were insulted or if you thought that this was inappropriate, we are sorry to you. No, no, no. You should be apologizing from the front end saying what we did was wrong. We did not exercise responsibility over this. Maybe we were misled, but you know what, you, you take responsibility. You are the company that is paying for this advertising. It is on you, it's not just the production house. And until Valenciaga can sort of realize that they are the ones who need to take ownership of this and rectify it, not just through lawsuits, their problems are only gonna get even deeper. Yeah, and I haven't heard that anybody's been terminated. And I hate for you know anybody to lose a job, but I haven't heard that or have a call for an internal investigation. There here's what is. we're doing to find out who is responsible for this. And here's what's gonna happen when we find out who is responsible. They're not even doing that. They're just saying, oh no, we're just gonna sue this, this that's advertising agency for this one aspect of the ad. That's not good enough. No, it's not. And neither is the father, one of the children in the ad saying that, you know what, my daughter had a great time. What's the big deal? I'm <laughs> paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what was said there. Um, let's see, let's put up the statement. From the father there um, defending it and uh, the daughter's inclusion. The girl was in a plush bear handbag collection shoot for the fashion brand. We showed you the picture, no need to see it again. Uh, but the British child model, the father says, listen, I'm defending the photo shoot. Again, my daughter had a fantastic time. <laughs> celebrities, David, are coming out and, and you know, celebrities love free swag, they love Balenciaga, Kim Kardashian among them, Bella Hadid, a top supermodel. People are calling on them to denounce this, to detach themselves permanently from Balenciaga. I want to put up what what's being said and what Kim Kardashian is saying at this time. She's frequently collaborated with Balenciaga. She took to Instagram on Sunday to say she was disgusted and outraged by the campaign. Is that enough? She does say, David, that she's reevaluating her relationship. But anybody who follows the Kardashians, probably you more than me, <laughs> knows that, that she loves Balenciaga. Yeah, I think that's just sort of, I was sort of waiting for the other part of the statement. She was disgusted and outraged. And what yeah. are you going to do about it? I'm gonna stop buying Balenciaga for the time being while I figure out what really happened and wait to see what they do next. Um, or I'm gonna stop buying them for a period of time. Or I'm gonna stop wearing it, I'm gonna stop promoting this. I'm gonna stop my association with them. But just saying you're disgusted and outraged, okay. I'm disgusted and outraged by a lot of things that are around me. Yeah. What am I doing to fix those things? That's the question. Yeah, that's the question. She doesn't say any of that. And you know, furthermore, she took too long. To even react to this as even her own supporters were saying, come on, get out in front of this. And then she said she had a private conversation with executives because she needed to learn more about how this could have happened. She didn't share any of that. So stay tuned, we'll see if more celebrities come and speak out. Much more, at least a knockout punch coming up for you. This is Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie.
This is Indisputable, I'm Sharon Reed alongside David Schuster in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Terrell Owens um, hasn't been on a football field in years, but he's in impeccable shape and don't try him. He was at a CVS Saturday night around 1130 getting some essentials. He said he was approached by a 49ers fan. They had some nice banter back and forth and then a heckler agitator got involved and we'll show you the video tell you more about it. Man down. Okay, that Tio was not the aggressor here, but he did handle it once it was brought to him. Here's more um, witnesses say that this is from TMZ. Uh, the man, the agitator, started talking mess to Tio. Um, threatened to beat up the men outside. At some point, it did move outside, as you saw there. Uh, the group eventually uh, got into it. Tio, reportedly the peacemaker here. Um, and was trying to do the right thing. Unfortunately, the heckler who allegedly started the confrontation just minutes earlier inside the store took an unprovoked swing at Owens, a clear mistake, and the fight was on. The man returns to his feet a few moments later. We can play the video one more time. David, let you comment on this. When we last saw T.O., he was, he was handling a Karen and was proven right on that one too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of with Tio on this one, and I just sort of wonder the guy who was the agitator here has some sort of um, mental health issues because look at the size difference between Tio and this guy. This guy is much smaller. For him to think that he could actually knock out Tio or win a fight with Tio, never mind the people inside the store, that's crazy. You're talking about a professional athlete who is ripped. Uh, so the agitator has got some mental health issues, uh, regardless of what was going on here. I'm not sure the knuckle sandwich from Tio is necessarily going to help solve them, but maybe it gives that sends that guy to the hospital. Maybe he gets some some um, psychiatric evaluation in addition to whatever help he needs for the medical issues he's now facing. Yeah, he's got some medical issues. I hope he does have good insurance there. And, and generally, Tio's in fantastic shape, David. But that doesn't always mean that that you can fight. You know, there's it doesn't necessarily translate. We've seen guys, you know, in the NBA kind of like slapping each other when they get heated. Um, but but there you have it, Tio. I bet you he'll get a contract, celebrity boxing contract. <laughs> Tell people where they can follow you, find you. I always want people like Tio on my side. People can follow me at Rebel HQ on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. The videos are there. Sharon, it is always an honor and a pleasure to to be on with you and great show today. Well, I just love you and I appreciate your commentary and hopefully we'll get to do it again. I'm Sharon Absolutely. Reed, it's been a joy filling in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie on Indisputable.